Progress came and took its toll And in the name of flood control They made their plans and they drained the land Now the glades are going dry And the last time I walked in the swamp I sat up on a cypress stump I listened close and I heard the ghost Of Osceola cry The opinions expressed on Tomahawk Talk do not reflect that of WVFS Tallahassee. From the highest point on Florida State's campus and the hottest room in Seminole Sports, this is Tomahawk Talk. I'm your host, Luke Fay. FSU easily disposed of Alabama State 49-12 this weekend on Senior Day. Florida State basketball snuck past Western Carolina's 79-74 on Friday night. Are the Astros dirty, rotten cheaters, guys? And finally, we will discuss the state of the NFL. What happened with Colin Kaepernick's tryout this past weekend? And is Lamar Jackson the favorite for the MVP of the NFL? We've got a lot to discuss. You can always call in into the show at 850-644-1837. Tomahawk Talk starts now, Gary. And it was senior day for me, my second senior day this uh, past weekend against Alabama State. It was senior day for the Florida State Seminoles as well. Um, a couple of guys, Dontavious Jackson comes to mind, Gabe Neighbors. Gary, you got one more year to go. What are you looking forward to? Just more football and just more FSU sports. I love this campus. I love watching Florida State play. And it's kind of hitting me now that, shoot, it's only one more year. That's weird to think about. Why'd you have to bring that up? Hey, you know, hey. You can always go for a victory lap. I, I, I am one to do that. We have Brett Rutherford to my right, and Brett, he's got his hand up in there. He's ready to uh, talk. It was my <laughs> senior day, too. I know it's only my third <laughs> It's only my third year at Florida State, but I am declaring early for the the draft that that we call life. And so it was my last oh, game right. as a student at Doe Campbell That's State bad. as well. Uh. Um, and it was uh, it was fun. I know, like it's it's hard to get kind of pumped up for for an opponent like Alabama State, but just a good day of of watching football with my friends and watching the Knolls win, win big. So. What do your parents think of you uh, declaring for life early? Oh, well, it was uh, they're they're my agents in life so so far, uh, yeah. and so they were kind of the ones that pushed me to make this decision. Uh, uh, it was you in know, the best interest was, of me. I guess money family. was involved, like with many other yeah, prospects. Yeah, got it. yeah always <laughs> is, always Boy. is. L- Luke Hazen over to my left, Luke. It was a good weekend for the Florida Gators. They've dispatched of the Mizzou Tigers, and they've had struggles against Mizzou in, in recent years. Is this a big win for the program going forward against Florida State? Is going to be their next opponent in a couple weeks. Yeah, looking forward to that game down in Gainesville. Um, always, always a good time down there. Um, but yeah, you're right. This this win against Missouri, it was the conquering of demons of sorts. Missouri's actually had a winning record against Florida since they joined the SEC, so it was nice to get to win nine. Hopefully, uh, get a ten win season in there. I, well, I, I know that Florida State fans are probably <laughs> chomping at the bit over that one. Uh, you you I, put uh, me in a corner uh, there. Luke. I saw. Sorry, I saw though. one. You hey, put me in a corner there. Uh, chomping at the. I didn't even mean to say that. How many bits though? Two bits, I think. Oh, buddy. No, but I, I, you you want to know something funny? I, I was uh, I was talking to a, um, one of my friend's parents, as you guys know, Matt Povtak, one of the mm-hmm. station guys, and he said they have a bet going where if Florida wins, Matt Povtak has to shave and get a mullet. Oh, yes. Oh. And if if Florida State <laughs> and if Florida State wins, his friend has to shave and get a mullet. But the thing is, 
Matt did not get points, guys. In in this in this bet that is that is the four to four to stick. You gotta up. get you gotta get points Matt on, got on a mullet. Matt got screwed out of this one, but I'm He's a Flor- rookie in gambling. He's way, a rookie. The way that Florida State's trending right now, and the way Florida's trending right now, we're gonna get Matt Pop tack with a, a mullet. I'm, uh, I'm kind of excited. Uh, I'm, uh, all right. All right. Mullet alert, guys. What what do you I'm, say? I'm what excited do you say? about this. I really don't want to see that. And for everyone's sake at the station, I want to see I it. Don't <laughs> want Matt to have to do that. Oh man, that that'll be. I mean, can you imagine the uh, Christmas pictures oh, with Matt Popcak yes. and a mullet? That's yeah. ah, that's can gonna he, be brutal. Can he be the station's Christmas card? <laughs> <laughs> Just oh, a boy. picture of his mullet. Oh boy. Well, let's get into some Florida State talk. Florida State dominated Alabama State on one side of the ball. I, I know that there were some disappointments when you look at the defensive uh, standpoint. Alabama State. I I want to look up how many field goals did they attempt, Gary? This this entire game. It wasn't pretty. Let's call it that. It, it was not pretty for Alabama State. They 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 made four field goals, so you can give yeah. them that. But otherwise, or no, they only made two. They only made two because they tried to go for yes. two points. Yes, they conversion. did try to go for an extra point. I think was it the kicker? Did he miss six? It felt like six. It was like it was well, two for two, five. Two, two for five. five. It was six, it was not good. Enough. They could have been in the game in the first half if the kicker did anything. Mm-hmm. But this Florida State defense still struggled. Um, there there are some growing pains going on. If if you look at what the starting roster was for Florida State earlier on in the year. I mean, they've got no one up front. Completely different. Completely different linebacker core. It's a, it's a work in progress. It's not going to be fixed in, in one go. But one of the positives that you can take away uh, from the game was, once again, Jordan Travis just running wild. And a lot of people have asked, where has he been throughout this entire year? And I think he's just been hiding in the ropes. I, I really want to see what he has throwing the ball, Luke. What, what, what do you say to that? Is that the reason why he hasn't been playing? Um, no, I would, say, I would say that Willie went into this season truly thinking that he had two better quarterbacks in Alex Hornerbrook and James Blackman ahead of Jordan Travis. You know, He hadn't seen much game time recently. He hadn't really proven himself. So I don't think it was a bad estimation by him. But seeing what we've seen from Travis over the past couple of weeks, um, it certainly has you scratching your head about what – what went through Willie's evaluation of him. You also went through the entire summer not really knowing if Jordan Travis was going to be eligible to play this That's season. Right. And, and and I'm sure he got his reps in in practice. But he, he, the, first, the first day of training camp, he rolled his ankle and sprained it. Yeah. So he was already way loads back and in James the competition. And James has been a proven starter. He's He's been a leader in that in that locker room. So it, it's... It was a tough situation. You can question the competence of the of the Willie Taggart administration and some of the decisions they make, especially at the quarterback position. Um, but I, I do think there's a reason we really haven't seen Jordan Travis's arm be put to the test. I think there's there's probably you know his arm is. What what about that pop pass though, Gary? I mean, hey, it wasn't the prettiest thing. I mean, it's it's a little kind of floater. It didn't do too much, but I mean, hey. it it was the first uh, it was the first Florida State quarterback to have a 60 yard run and a 60 yard pass in a game. I mean, he's putting up stats, Jordan I mean, Travis at, at Florida State. Right. I mean, not passing what was he went three for seven with seventy one yards, not no touchdowns, obviously in the game, but still, I mean, hey, he's doing, he's impressive. I'm, I just want to see him actually sit in the pocket and try and throw the ball because we're not gonna, I don't think we're gonna see that all season. We, we talk about the mobility of Jordan Travis and, and what what's been going on with that, but look at James Blackman. He had four carries for fifty three. 53 yards, it seems like he's starting to figure out how to run this offense. There was that big run in the first half there where it was, I think it was a third down situation and he got FSU out of it and he looked pretty good on that run. It was kind of reminiscent of what he was doing at BC the whole time there. He was elusive once again for the most part. Did he take a sack in that game, in the game against Alabama State? Uh, maybe one sack. Yeah, it looks no, like one I mean, sack. Yeah. yeah, one sack. So I mean, hey, that's pretty good if you're de- if the defense is only or the O line's only giving up one sack. Granted, it was Alabama. I State. think what what James Blackman has proven to do is he will win you games that you should win. The games when you're playing Boston yep. College's defense, when you're playing Alabama State's defense. The one big question mark we've had about James Blackman really his entire career at Florida State is can he go and win you a game that you're not supposed to win against a defense that you're not really able to block that's got a really good secondary. The can game he make plan those throws? Games, yeah. Yeah, can he step up in those big situations? And he hasn't been able to so far. And I don't know how much longer his Florida State career is going to last. But it's something we're still not. Dare sure. I say, a upcoming Florida game against a team that is um, kind of over or underwhelmed over the last couple of weeks. Is this Florida team looks ripe for the picking? If you could point to any point in the season other than the first game against Miami, which 
seems to be more of a fluky, fluky type of game. Week zero, that happens. Yeah, it, but but Florida is gettable. I just don't. I don't know if James Blackman will be the guy. He went in there and and won it in 2017. So there is that. But he was going up against a freshman in Felipe Franks, who completely different. Florida didn't really know. Yeah. Is completely there any program. is there any chance that we see Jordan Travis possibly start against the Gators? No. I you know I don't no? think he starts and. And we'll talk about that next week as well. Yeah, we yeah. got a lot more time to think over this one, but I'm just throwing it out there early. We got a whole two weeks to think about this now, and I'm going to overthink it too. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I get that Jordan Travis is a polarizing guy. He's put up big, big numbers, not not wholesome numbers, but he's put up huge plays for Florida State over the past couple weeks. But I kind of want to put to bed this narrative that you need a mobile quarterback like Jordan Travis to run Kendall Browse's offense. We saw at Baylor, he... Uh, he went through God, Bryce Bryce Petty, yeah. uh, Jared Stidham, who didn't really move. He wasn't a mobile quarterback. I know Gus Malzahn had him moving around a bunch, but it doesn't take. It takes a cerebral quarterback to run his offense, and we haven't seen Jordan Travis had to go through progressions, have to go through all these different reads at the line. So we'll we'll see. I I really want to hold it's off. It's almost on Travis it, they're they're kind of in the similar role with uh, Kyle Trask is, is starting over at Florida, and people are calling for Emory Jones, who is the backup quarterback Absolutely. for Florida. And Emory has shown that he has a, a fairly capable arm, but they use him in, in mostly running situations. I think at at the the best scenario for Florida State is they they use him similarly to how they would use uh, Emory Jones over at Florida. And Dan, Dan Mullen has said he hasn't really opened up the playbook yet. He's admitted on record that he's just not giving Emory Jones the opportunity. But you don't want to break him early. I mean, what has Florida's quarterbacks done, or what what have uh, they done? The Florida quarterbacks since Tim Tebow has left is ruin them early, those quarterbacks go somewhere else. No progression, yeah. And Jacoby Brissett, Jeff Driscoll, for all you want to say about Mm -hmm. that, they are starters in the NFL today. And they were not good at Florida. And they were not. (laughs) Jacoby Brissett went to NC State. Jeff Driscoll, I believe, was with Louisiana Tech. Was it Louisiana? West Virginia had to put it together. I mean, that wasn't their fault. (laughs) That was. I mean, it was McElwain's fault. He kicked them off. I mean, he basically forced Will Greer out. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of stuff going on with that. Florida State can get a viable quarterback. That'll be great. One of the one of the big worries that that we are seeing right now with this Florida State team is, depending on the hire, how much longer they're going to wait, who they hire, can they keep this recruiting class that is coming in well and that's even a bigger question today as we learned that recruiting coordinator david kelly's no longer with the staff i'm not sure many people thought he would stick with the staff whenever the new hire was made yep. but he was kind of important in keeping together this recruiting class that we know there's going to be changes we know there's going to be decommits they're, they're, they're already it's going to happen um, but that's that's really a, a big question mark now moving forward and now it kind of puts the pressure on the florida state administration to make that hire as quickly as possible and it looks like they might have already struck out with one candidate and 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 with uh with the david kelly whether he, he left or was fired by odell uh Stepping up in place of him is Mario Edwards Sr., who is a familiar former Florida State player. His son played on Florida State as well during the national championship years, I believe. So that 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 familiarity that you're seeing with more and more for, former Florida State players getting involved in this program in a positive way, I know that the discipline with with this Florida State team, um, they're they're holding them more accountable, yeah. and, and that's that's good. But we're still seeing those penalties, Brett. No, the, pen- the penalties are still coming. I think that's probably just a lack of, of talented football players. And I know discipline plays a huge role in penalties, but you've got to have guys that are aware. And I don't think that roster is made made up of enough of those guys right now. And I think that's why it's important for, for Odell right now and forever the next head coach is going to be, is going to be able to find those players that are going to come in and, and have their uh, you know a good head on their shoulders. Well, one of the glaring things that I saw in the game was when they, they released that Cam, Cam Akers was not going to play against Alex. Alabama State, uh, they were going to rest him, and he was going to be uh, full and healthy for the Florida game. That gets him two weeks. He's had so many carries throughout the year. I I wonder, do you think, is it worth it for him to play against the Florida Gators in what would presumably be one of his final games? I, I don't think that he would play in the bowl game, but should he play against Florida? I, it, that's really a personal decision. If if he decided to sit out the rest of the season, honestly, from a, from a non-biased standpoint, I mean, who could blame him? With with no. the way we've seen guys get injured and go down, just this really last easily. weekend, yeah, exactly. Um, with, with Tua yeah. for Alabama, the yep. quarterback. But is it yep. worth it? I mean, he's not like a shoe in first round pick. He's definitely not going to go on day one, from what we know now. So 
for him, yeah, you know, you can you can earn a lot more money these last two games. I don't think you'll play the bowl game, but in this game against a top ten team in the Florida Gators, you could make you could take a huge jump forward. Especially if you put up the kind of numbers that we're used to seeing from Cam Akers against the defense led by Todd Grantham. Yeah, yeah definitely. But he wasn't able to put up the numbers against a good defense in Clemson. So no, what says right. he can do that? And and, well, pro- and Cam Akers didn't really put up very many numbers against Boston College as well. Yeah, I, that's true. And how much can you improve your draft stock in a pro day or even at the combine? You know, these scouts, they still want to see you perform in big games. And this game, you know, going to Gainesville, it's in prime time, under mm-hmm. the lights at, you know, at the Swamp. It's it's a big game for Florida State, even though there's not a whole lot riding on, on And that's in no way us pressuring Cam Akers to play no, at all. Yeah. Listen, no. if you're not healthy, if you're not ready to go for that game, don't even think about playing. It's not worth risking your entire future over. It's it's really not. E- even in the, in the rivalry context. And if he does play in the Florida game, I don't see any reason. For him to play in, Listen, in the bowl we, yeah, game. We know how much Cam Akers cares about Florida State from the effort that he's put forth yep. this year, last year, his entire FSU career. He doesn't Florida need State's to prove a, anything to us. Florida State's a three-win team without him this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not even close. And yeah. and we can look at the backup, Kalen Laburn. We've been beating his drum for the entire year. He, he got a shot, had 12 carries for 55 yards, averaged about four and a half yards per carry, and had two touchdowns, um, adding to his touchdown total this year. It, it wasn't it wasn't very flashy from him, but he did get his shot, Gary. Yeah, I expect I expected a little bit more once I saw that Acres was going to be out. I thought uh, Kalen was going to have a great day. I was at least at least expecting a hundred yards. So I mean, kind of disappointed, but I mean, he did have two TDs. So what I do want to know is where is Anthony Grant? Where where has he been? There is nothing released. I don't know if he is a part of the team, but Florida State only has two running backs really on their roster that. They're playing you know, a walk-on in Deontay Sheffield. I don't know if he earned his scholarship, but he's been a walk-on at Florida State yeah. throughout his years. That's not a good That's not a good viable option to have as a football team, and maybe that's why you've seen Jordan Travis come out is because Cam Akers is becoming uh, a little bit banged up and Kalen Labor and can't carry that entire load. Yeah. If nothing else, these last two games against Alabama State and potentially against Florida, these two games are kind of going to rescue Kalen Laburn from that transfer portal. I know we've been talking yep. about it all year, whether or not the lack of reps might persuade him to go into that portal or not. Um, but if he can prove that he is the number one guy heading into next year for Florida State, I think that'd be a huge positive. So even if Cam Akers doesn't play, you could take out a positive from that running back group. You, you could say it was kind of an audition, but still, I don't yeah. know if it really helps him that much because he kind of he got that playing time because of uh, Akers just not being there, and it was just Alabama State. And then once Akers is back, possibly for Florida, it's just going to go back to the way it was before. So, Well, Florida State also lost the commitment of Jalen Knight and one of the top running backs true. in the country. From Deerfield. One of the top recruits in, in the Florida right State's now, yeah. cast in mm-hmm. class. So that might also be a, you know an incentive for Labor to stick around one more year, see who the new coach is going to be, see if it's going to be a fit for him and what he wants to do with his football career, and if he can make something happen here at Florida State. Mm-hmm. We're going to know a lot more about these guys and where they're going, yeah. if they want to leave like Blackman, yeah. possibly Akers, even Laburn. Once we get this new head coach, yeah, Blackman that's would be still... going on his third head coach, or third full time head coach, yeah. with Odell, you know, being in an interim for an extended period of time. So you know, that might not be something he wants to stick around for. No, it's this, tough to go through that. This year is almost goes to a T. What happened in 2017 when Jimbo left, and and you're most likely going to a bowl game that is meaningless. Uh, but one one thing that happened in that 2017 bowl game was. The, the younger guys stepping up, if I recall, DJ Matthews got a lot of playing time in that 2017 game. We're going to see some people who were under the redshirt rule probably play in these next two yeah. games um, and get some action. Now we'll also see play, uh, players who did not uh, who did play a couple because of the redshirt rule not play at all. Darius Washington is out for the rest of the season. Um, he's going to redshirt. He played four games this year, the offensive tackle for Florida State. So we've already seen that happen. Now he, he had surgery, whether he could play through it or not, but – you have to see which guys can play because this is not only an audition for one of the more veteran players in, in Kalen Laburn, but it's an audition for the freshmen and the sophomores who are trying to see, do they belong on this team? And the one reason I think it might be different this season in, in the upcoming bowl game is last, you know, in 2017 they played Southern Miss at the, you know, the Indian Independence Bowl in Shreveport, Louisiana. 
there's some bigger bowl games that Florida State might be able to play in this year, including the Gator Bowl over in Jacksonville, where they might come up against you know some of the bigger names in college football. I've seen Tennessee thrown around. I've even seen Texas A&M thrown I around. I saw Michigan State Michigan being State. thrown around, so, so, which Michigan State would be a disaster given that they always have a solid defense. <laughs> they, I mean, they haven't been that good this year, but I get where you're coming you, from. You know, that, defense, I, yeah. But I'm saying just, just yeah. on the looks, that game is not going to be pretty. But not only in, oh, in, no, in terms of the team morale, how much playing in that game, or you know, let alone winning that game, could do for the program and, and the players that are on this team already. But, you know, the recruits that are still looking and trying to, you know, that are committed to Florida State or on the fence about Florida State, you know, going to see the Seminoles beat, you know, the, you know Michigan State Spartans or the Tennessee Volunteers. Or, it's a much bigger deal than beating Southern Miss deal. and Shreveport. And yeah. it really does matter, though, where the game is held. If the game is held in, in Tampa area or Orlando area, that's that's, that's a recruiting hub for all these athletes. Well, we've seen the, the Pinstripe Bowl in Yankee Stadium in New York City, the biggest city in the world. I mean, that's a, that's a huge game for, for, for kids, you know. You know, maybe not for fans. You might blow it off, but for the kids that are on this team and for the kids that are looking to come to Florida State, it's that's a good a experience. Yeah, that's a big deal. Gary, Tamari and Terry once again just having he, he's had a great couple set of games, four receptions, ninety yards, uh, a touchdown. But one of one of the things that I want to point point out is Treshawn Harrison. He was the leading receiver for Florida State, three receptions, ninety four yards, and one touchdown. He has shown flashes throughout the year, and then we get he, he wouldn't get any playing time a game, and then and then we'll come back and get some catches. It, does it feel good knowing that Florida State might have another option if Tamari and Terry does decide to go to the draft in, in a very loaded wide receiver class this year? Yeah, and I really like Treshawn Harrison, and he's really has stepped up in certain situations when his number's been called. Keyshawn Helton is mm-hmm. out for the rest of the year with that injury. He he has kind of filled that void, Gary. Yeah, and he's even superseded a lot of what Ontario Wilson has had to do as well. And granted, he did have that drop at BC last week, mm-hmm. but hey, he's made up for it. He's turned the corner, not really turned the corner, but... He's turned the other cheek and just kept moving forward. So he really has been playing well, and he does stay up well, and I really like the way he moves. Guys, I know we talked about it earlier and uh, when Willie Taggart was let go from Florida State, uh, who would be the next uh, head coach last week uh, or a couple weeks ago. It when, was last week when we all said Bob Stoops. Yeah, yeah, there, it seemed like Bob Stoops and everything was going 100%. You know, he's, mm. he's going to put pen to paper. From what I've heard, uh, he thought about it very he thought about it a lot and then decided he doesn't want to build up, build up this program. So that leaves Florida State at square run, square one. What what I want to know is who is the guy that you can go to now at this point and would it be a bad decision to say, you know what, we're going to stick with the status quo and, and, and go with Odell Hagens? Well, I was going to say the guy that you go to is Odell. I mean, that's the easy choice for everyone here. But I don't know, is there anyone else that we have any, like, like like scent of of a trail possibly leading to the the only thing that I can say is it's been so quiet guys and what have we said before Brent Venables has had opportunities to coach at other programs and what what Dabo Sweeney has said out to the media is they will not be able to interview with any 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 um university until the regular season is over that is the one wild card that we haven't heard very much of. There was I was there was a little rumor I remember yeah. a few weeks ago that said he could possibly be interviewing for the job. And so I wonder if that is the wrinkle that Florida State is waiting for. But if they wait that long and they miss out on him, is it Odell Higgins? Is that is that the right move? Well, another guy, and we still got to realize that all the head coaches that are potential candidates for the Florida State job are still coaching their teams this season. And Florida State fired their coach a lot earlier than a lot of other schools would. So you've still got guys like Matt Campbell. I know P.J. Fleck is still on the table. I know he signed that or agreed to sign that extension. I don't know if it's been signed yet. Mm-hmm. You've still got Mike Leach out you know, in Wazoo. So there's a number of candidates that it's still early in the process, and I know we're all kind of getting impatient here. And this is the perfect opportunity now that you're going into this open date this weekend. We'd like to get it all wrapped up so you can head into the Florida game with a lot of hope, a lot of you know enthusiasm generated. But I, th- I still think it's, it's a little early. I'm, I'm just not convinced that they have a plan. But you need something for, for the recruits. you got to yeah. give them something, especially with the early signing period coming coming up in December. You gotta have a coach. If you don't know, it's almost like it's almost like you you don't really know. If you were a kid who was trying to go to a school and they don't have a head coach, if they don't have a lead professor for the major that you want to go to, well, shoot, you're gonna be double thinking about everything. Yeah, it's not like they're going back on their promise. They promised us we would get a decision by the end of November. Yeah, it's November 18th today. We still got a long way to go, Luke. But should Odell do? Do you think that that would be the wrong move to go with him? It wouldn't be the wrong move. I don't think it would be the best move for Florida State. We haven't seen him in that head coaching position running the operations for more than a, a week or two in the past. I don't, I mean, 
they just got done with Willie Taggart and what was sort of an experiment for him here at Florida State. Yep. I don't know that you can have that sort of uh, learning on the job mentality again with Odell. Gary, is is Odell Higgins a good third, you know, third candidate at this point? Looking at how everything has gone, you look at the way he has run run the program. Um, he, he's fired up the guys. He's held them accountable. You've seen a lot more, uh, just a, a lot more Florida State way yeah. from from Odell. Is 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 that any way giving him an advantage over the the rest of the guys out there? Yeah, I think it for sure is. He is Florida State. We've said it enough, I think, and. He just embodies what it means to do everything the right way for at least players' sake. I mean, there's a lot of guys who claim to be the players' coach. I think he's one of those guys, like, he's a real players' coach because he's going to get on the players when they mess up, but he's also going to be there for them and to support them and help them through tough times, whether it be on or off the field. And and But it's a different type of players' coach. There's a respect. With Willie Taggart, it was more of a, he's my friend, not my boss. I I don't feel like there was... Kind of like what Hugh Jackson was trying to do. I don't know if you watched the Hard Knocks, yeah. and that's it. Kind of felt like that, and I know it's probably the thing Florida State fans do not want to hear. And, and I, I've, I've had recently had a source tell me that what Willie Taggart was doing was he was running meetings, and he had a point system where if you if you messed up, you would get a certain amount of points, uh, and and you didn't want points I, either way. And what I heard from it was compared to the players who were with Jimbo and the players with Taggart, is when meetings started and Willie Taggart walked in, there were still people talking. Even during the meetings, they wouldn't put their phones away. They weren't really paying like attention. Like a substitute teacher. When like, like comes a, exactly, in, no like one a, gives them the respect. It, he kind of just was the average guy. When Jimbo was coaching, it wasn't like he was a dictator. It was just as soon as he walked in, you knew not to talk. You mm-hmm. knew, you knew it was not, going not to pull out your phone. And I believe that Odell is seeing some of the similarities with what Jimbo Fisher did and trying to take that but still have – that type of family atmosphere that Willie Taggart tried to instill, it's just what Willie Taggart tried to do did not work out. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't – if that's the discipline of the players where they're they're still on their phones during meetings, you cannot have that. No, that's unacceptable. But even with the way he deals with the media, I kind of like yep. too, it's, it feels like Belichick in a way where he's playing everything close to the chest. He's not telling you anything. Like at, when he first but you got to earn that respect. No, yeah. Well, and Odell has earned that respect. Yeah. He's been here for so exactly. – he's been here for 25 years or so. But he – like when he came in for the introductory press conference, it was we're on to BC. Like when everyone was asking about quarterbacks, it's like, hey, we're focused on. It BC. It seemed very Jimbo esque, but in, mm-hmm. in a in a a different good, fulfilling it felt, way. Well, it felt fine. I liked it. If Florida State whiffs on all their potential candidates, so you know we know Stoops is probably not an option anymore. If they whiff on Campbell, on Venables, on Norville. whoever else you yeah. want to say, then yeah, I think Odell Higgins would be a good hire. But that doesn't you know. That doesn't mean he's the best candidate. Exactly. I think that means that, wow, we struck out on every candidate we wanted. We have a guy that might be able to do the job here in-house. Let's give him a chance. And, and again, I love Odell Higgins. I think he's been... I mean, what do you mean might be able to? He's won every game. (laughs) Okay. Well, he's a Florida State legend, and he's a great defensive line coach. He's a really good recruiter. He he brought guys like Derwin James on campus. I think whoever the next head coach is going to be should keep him on staff, should retain him with this program. But I do think that if Odell Higgins is hired as the next football coach at Florida State, it's a sign that this search went terribly, terribly wrong. Yeah. I, I want to ask you guys, do you think Brent Venables is even the best coordinator from Clemson for the job? Nope. Yes. Because I'm I, – really? Uh, Venables is – I like Venables way Absolutely. more than you Jeff can't Scott. Tell me you're you a coordinator. like Jeff Scott more? You can't tell me you're a coordinator. I don't like either of them more than Tony Elliott. I'm looking uh, at Tony Elliott, hey, I, co-offensive coordinator, co-recruiting coordinator. I don't, believe in, I don't believe in hiring a guy who can't even be an own coordinator. If you're if you're splitting duties – Oh, my God. Come second, on, dude. That's, that's, give me a fiddle. break. That's such a generalization there. Brent Venables is perfectly happy there at Clemson. The dude is in his own. He's in his own world. He's fiery. I just don't know that his personality would mesh with what Florida State is. I think that's for. exactly what they need. I, Florida yeah. State needs. They need. I mean, Jimbo Fisher was just as bad as Brent Venables. And he brought a Brent Venables title. is worse. He he. I know he is. But and it, they need it. But his position allows for his mentality and that he only has to focus on one side of the ball. We don't know that Brent Venables could hey, run a program who, like Florida that. State, Florida State has to have a defensive coach. They no, they don't. They have to have a no, defensive head coach. I'm, I'm telling you. It doesn't work like – Luke, it doesn't work like that. You don't have to have a defensive coach or an offensive coach. It's not like that. You just need the someone, best coach. You, you need the best coach. So what if the best coach is Brett Venables? He might be. <laughs> and he there might be. I almost my bets, and I'm here. saying that he's not. I don't know. I I don't agree with you respectfully. But one of, respectfully, yeah. What one of the one of the things that is interesting to me is it almost feels like 
Florida State is like, gosh darn, if we had just gotten Willie Tiger for two more years, then we could just say, all right, you know what, we'll, we'll promote Kendall Browse. Because I've heard people say, well, why don't you pr- promote Kendall Browse to be the head coach? He hasn't really proven anything. No. But I know that a lot of people like him, it's almost like they're stuck in limbo. They could go with Hagens, but if you still have that guy that, let's say, Browse does so well, he can bounce out in two or three years, and then you're stuck at square one. Oh, for sure. If, if they keep Kendall... As an offensive corner, I have no doubt that he'll be offered a job in the next coming years. He could be offered a job this offseason. Yeah, this offseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would not be I mean, I would not be surprised if he jump ship this offseason. Goes like to UMass. Yeah, I was about to say yeah. UMass might be looking for <laughs> I, uh, I was gonna say it. Right I was gonna say it as Forty well. point underdogs against uh Northwestern and, and, they, covered, and they, covered. they covered by half a point. Right? That is brutal. Damn. Yeah, that was uh, that's the real game of the century. Former yes. former Florida State offensive coordinator Walt Bell not having a good tenure over at UMass. One of the historical, probably probably one of the worst football seasons besides UConn. Yeah. UConn, a couple, uh, I think it was two years ago, they had one of the worst defenses in the history of college football. Um, but yeah, we're we're halfway through the break. We're gonna come back on the other side. This is Tomahawk Talk on WVFS Tallahassee, the voice of Florida State. <laughs> back we just got talk uh done talking about florida state football who i know that every single person in tallahassee is speculating who would be the next head coach for florida state um i just want to throw out we can we can put it on record we're gonna i'm, I'm gonna re-throw out my top three 
um, and in a particular order, and Brent Venables number one, Matt Campbell out of Iowa State number two, and Odell Hagens if we strike out on the previous. In any two. particular order, but number one, Brent <laughs> No, I didn't say very adamant about that. I said, I said that. in uh, a particular oh, order. Oh, I thought you said anyway. You want to no, order? No, 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 no. You got you got to listen. That's part of. That's Is there a huge it. gap between one and the rest? I n- no, not necessarily. I think there's a huge gap between two and three. Okay. That's more of a settle, and I think everyone else is. It's sad to say, but it is a settle given he has no head coaching experience. Yeah. Also, just one more quick thing about the Odell Higgins thing. We 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 just watched at Orgeron with the meteoric rise through college football. We've seen him struggle at some of these other stops along the way, but he finally gets to LSU. He struggles there to start, but they just go to Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama. I think a lot of Florida State fans are seeing that and how that's playing out in Baton Rouge and thinking, hey, why don't we have some of that here in Tallahassee? That's I think why that's I'm. Kind of that's why I'm right at Orgeron had like, at the moment. Ed Orgeron had like 50 games in coaching ex- head yeah, coaching experience yeah. running and, the program. And, he, and Odell's had four. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's 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 plenty to say about that. And so we'll we'll switch gears here. We're gonna keep talking about it until yeah. we get an yeah, answer. We, yeah. we we need answers, Coburn. Not tonight, though. <laughs> yeah, not not tonight at all. And I, I I'll go back to what what did David Coburn say to Gary and I? Well, not to Gary and I, but right next to us well, at the Boston College game. It was, he said, "Well, the fans were chanting to uh, hire Bob Stoops," and then he said, "How about Odell?" Yeah. So yeah, he said. He Odell, said what? Guy? He said what about Odell? So, uh, you know, I I know that in in their camp they they feel pretty comfortable about him. Uh, it, it just depends what happens, and and we'll look forward to uh, putting out those breaking news reports. Maybe we'll have a breaking news podcast, just like we had a breaking one for uh, Willie Taggart. Now let's move on. Like I said, Florida State basketball, uh, they're they're starting to get their season rolling. More uh, non-conference opponents in Western Carolina. Whether you know that the school existed or not was a formidable foe against Florida State <laughs> Friday night um, right before uh, Florida State played uh, played at home on, on Saturday for football. Florida State basketball survived a scare. They were down at half, Gary, ended up coming back in the second half winning 79-74. to This is a wake-up call for this Florida State basketball team, and, and my biggest takeaway from this is for a number of years, Florida State's uh, bench has been just great, the, one of the best benches in college football. They're not deep this year. And that is going to be a problem. They're playing about a seven-man rotation, Gary. It's certainly exposed that one flaw in their system right now. And it really, it's just a sheer lack of depth. I mean, Anthony Polite is getting 24 minutes against Western Carolina, and he only had three points. You can't do that. He's, you can't put up a really three nice three that he points. made. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was a one really nice three. But still, you get 24 minutes. All Jeez. four of his all four of his field goal attempts were from three point range too. By the way, yeah, he's he, not good. I mean, also the, the fact FSU couldn't work it in the paint in that first half. They were really struggling for the majority of the game. They couldn't just get anything going down low. So I mean, that's what's really going to start killing. Them. I mean, that's what FSU has been so good at. That's really recently. what happens though when you, you're playing Malik Osborne at center. He's not a center. No, he's, he's not. He, he said he said that uh, he didn't get center reps until the 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 week yeah. before the season started. He was playing. Guard. Which I think probably says a little bit more about the freshman Balsa Kopitovica and, and Dominic Olenijak, uh, the, the grad transfer out of mm-hmm. Ole Miss. I think that's probably Leonard Hamilton saying, yeah, I don't know if we have as good a players in these two guys as I thought we did. Let's try and leak Osborne out. And it's just so far, defensively, it's not working. No, we you just get bodied in the paint because yeah. he's not a bigger guy. He's not the biggest center in the world. No, he's, he's, he's there by necessity. I think they're trying to play him like, like a Draymond Green type of guy where he has those skills, but it's not... He, he's, he's not, not Draymond Green. Yeah, he, he's, he's not, not Draymond no. Green. Yeah, it was, I think it was Dotson on Western Carolina that was just beating up Malik Osborne in the paint all night. He ended up with 11 points and, and, and eight rebounds. So. But I mean, you can say this that this Florida State starting lineup is very good, though. They're, they're a very solid starting lineup. But once you get into uh, Florida State, has not played minutes. They did not play minutes throughout their entire last three years. They go deep into the bench. They're long, um, and and when you're, when you're seeing that Patrick Williams came off the bench and stepped up. That's that's a big sign for this Florida State team going forward, but there's still that immaturity side. Yeah, no, I, I think eventually I think they they want to get Pat Williams in the starting lineup day in day out. They want to do the same thing with Devin Vassell and really build a, a, a lengthy basketball team here that can spread the ball around the court and and, and shoot at a high high percentage. Uh, and, and Pat Williams, we really came alive in the second half in that game. Really liked what I saw out of him. Seven for seven from the free throw line. The entire Florida State team shot well from the charity stripe. Uh, it was it, it was really good performance in the second half. I, I talked to our very own uh, Jay Sutton, who who has a little bit more intel on on Patrick Williams than than most. He followed him in North Carolina growing up and and everything along with it. He said that the one knock on Patrick Williams was 
how aggressive was he going to be? He 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 doesn't stay aggressive the entire game. And what what happened in this game was in the second half he came out aggressive and, and really took over this game for Florida State. Yeah, I think that has to do with Leonard Hamilton and his coaching and the way he goes about it. I, I have no doubt that he probably gave Pat Williams a little vote of confidence heading into that second half because Pat Williams heading into this game and heading into the season, I think he knows how things work with the leaders in Trent Forrest, MJ Walker, Devin Vassell. Those are the guys for Florida State coming into the season. And I, I mean, as a freshman, you're going to be timid towards those guys. You got so to, you yeah. got to earn your right though. You yeah, and to see right. to see him kind of take that next step in this game, kind of take over the second half. It was a good good sight. Gary, we've talked about it almost every single time in the last two or three years. It seems like MJ Walker will turn a corner, and, and finally he stepped up, hit some big threes at the end of the game, 18 points, three or six from behind the arc. Is MJ Walker finally turning into the player, or is this just a one-game over an overreaction here? I hope he's turning into that sort of player, but once again, it could be just that They're going to need it, though. They're going to no, need yeah, MJ Walker they, that plays no, like a five-star. They for sure need this kind of guy, because you can't rely on Trent Forrest to do it every single night, because that's just not how basketball works. You can't do that every game and rely on one guy. But I think it, I think this could be the year where he can maybe turn stuff around. I mean, he it just feels a little bit different. Is uh is Devin Vassell falling back to earth? Were were we a little bit uh <laughs> were we a little bit early to proclaim him as a first round draft pick and leave Florida State uh, this early? No, I still think that's his trajectory so far. I think out of all the players on this roster, I think Devin Vassell definitely has the most potential to be an NBA pick in the next year's draft. Um, he went four of nine, ten points. No, I mean it wasn't a bad game for yeah, him necessarily. It was just an okay game. Like was, he didn't he didn't. And to me, he's still team, the number one option on this team. Yeah. I think as a team, Florida State just was shell shocked by mm-hmm. by Western. They were well, also in the first half, Western yeah. Carolina, like they shot could the not, light. They yeah. couldn't miss anything. I, I, they yeah. shot over fifty percent from three. I mean, they uh, they're they're a good basketball team, and that's what I was talking to Jay Sutton about. Was it's not like this was a fluke. This is a good basketball team for Western Carolina. Now, no matter how what their name perceives to be, they played up to Florida State, and it, it is a wake up call for this team. Yeah, th- that's just how college basketball works. You get you get these teams like Western Carolina or Evansville you, or Evan. Mm-hmm. I was just about to say, and you know you're going to get their best shot. Sometimes you're caught sleepwalking. I know it's a Friday night. They should be a little more juiced home up. Opener. To play. Yeah, home opener. They should be a little more juiced up. But you're going to get those midweek games where a, a team like Western Carolina comes to town and they shoot the lights out, and you think that they can't miss, but that's just because they are overperforming to the max. In the non-conference schedule, you usually see one or yeah. two games like this from Florida State. It's usually not at home, though. It's usually a true road game, like they struggled with Tulane a little bit on the road last season, or it's one of those neutral site games that you get one of those Thanksgiving tournaments. Yeah, it was weird just to see them kind of shell shocked at home from an opponent opponent like Western Carolina. Usually, they they take ACC opponents, you know, the top tier ACC opponents to the brink at home, like Virginia, like Duke, like UNC. So yeah, it was a, it was a bit weird, but it was really really promising to see them kind of change, you know, bring put the game back in their control yeah. in the second half, rely on guys like MJ Walker and Trent Forrest to, to shoot the ball well, to get the ball inside, and to, to play really good basketball. I am happy that yeah. this game kind of came for them early in the season because now they know where they can try and get better and where they need to really get better because obviously this bench is the huge... Yeah, if, you, if you're asking me if I'm surprised by this outcome, by the by the final score, I would tell you I'm not surprised at all. They're still working in a fairly green roster, yeah. guys who haven't played a whole lot of minutes. I mean, that last year's team was so special, and the experience on that team was so, so special that I think we we as FSU, uh, covering FSU, we took it for granted a little bit. And, and this the injuries yeah. just, they, they rattled that, that team to the core. I mean, yeah. you never saw a, a healthy... Phil Kofer, which was yeah, going Trent to be Forrest. your star. Trent Forrest had turf toe for Jeez. however long. I mean, that Florida State team was one of arguably the more talented teams ever for Florida State mm-hmm. and could have attained. It it could be seen as a rebuilding year this it year. There's five Fort- guys there, yeah. Yeah, for Florida State, it can be seen as a rebuilding year. But they reloaded in this class that's coming up. Yeah. You wonder if they if you know the, the big guy that they're losing is Trent Forrest how well Florida State will readjust going into next year because this year I don't think anyone is expecting Florida State to even go beyond the Sweet 16. The, the expectations are different. It's But that's okay. This is this that's, that's perfectly be, okay. Yeah. We're not Kentucky. Florida well, State is well, not Kentucky. Where they're Florida not, State is well, not Kentucky. Okay, I yes, can tell you that. Florida State <laughs> did not lose to Evansville. Yes, but they're not the Blue Bloods that have Final Four expectations every single season, and that's why this is fine that they're not expected to – make the Final Four, the Elite Eight, Sweet 16. The expectations have gone up. I I think every year, you know, 
last decade, Florida State fans kind of, hey, if we the make culture shifted, that'll yeah. be nice. Exactly. But now they're they're winning at a high level. They're recruiting at a high level. They're they're playing really good basketball. This you know the throughout the twenty tens, and uh, let's not forget they've had a really tough schedule to start the season. You start the game with you start the season with a true road conference game, which are you know always tough in the ACC. Then you go on the road and play what we thought was a top ten Florida Gators team, you get a big win there, and then you come back home. You have a really hyped up home opener against a really good team out of the Southern Conference. This week, I expect them to kind of gather themselves. They, they had that scare in this game against Western Carolina. They've got Chattanooga coming to town on Wednesday. I think this is a chance for them to, to really kind of you know get their feet on the ground and, and, and continue that good basketball. And even with those this win against Western Carolina and the win against Florida, Florida State still remains outside of the top 25. They finished, I think they were the last 26th, team to, yeah. yeah, last team on the, or last team out. This early in the se- yeah, this early in the season, I really try not to pay attention that much yeah. to the preseason rankings and the rankings yeah. within the are first you, couple. Are you weeks. saying that now just because Florida got dropped out <laughs> of top twenty-five? It sounds like you're yeah, like, oh, we, we don't, we don't need them. They went we from this sixth ranked <laughs> the to unranked in in a matter of two weeks. But I, oh, we could do a whole podcast. Yeah. I could just. I want to pose. I want to pose this question to you guys. The I feel like Leonard Hamilton did not have very much pressure on him. And the early part of his tenure, and, and the early uh, 2010s and, and whatnot, Michael Snare they won they won the ACC title and, and beat Duke, and that was a very good pro, uh, program win and program builder for Leonard, Leonard Hamilton going forward. But Florida State football overshadowed all of the athletics going throughout that whole term, and really into when Leonard Hamilton started to get better. My question to you guys is. Do you think that we have higher expectations for this Florida State basketball team and a hyper focus on Leonard Hamilton because they've achieved very, they've done very well, but also the football program is so hard to root for because they're so bad? Yeah, I think this is definitely a beacon of hope for Florida State fans over the past couple of years. Um, three state, three straight uh, entrances into the tournament. I think by default you have to shift your expectations a little bit towards this program especially with the way they're recruiting and i i think that's perfectly fine and that's why around campus you hear everyone just say oh florida basketball, State's basketball school. school now yeah. we're no longer a football school we're basketball and that's it's it's weird to hear that and i don't know if i'm still ready to accept that people, and i don't think it is i don't think florida State. Is. here's the thing dude people forget when i was a freshman coming to florida state it was a prove year for leonard hamilton and they they he got extended one more year and i remember people asking you know, Ham, Ham recruits well, but he's just not a good coach. And they were asking for him to get get fired going in. And he had that prove-it year uh, three years ago and ended up moving up the level. And he is he has etched himself into Florida State lore. Yeah. But you look at you look at where this uh, football program has gone for Florida State, how it's transitioned. There is the fandom. The hyper-focus is now on this basketball team to where the expectations are going to be in some – you cannot meet those expectations, Brett. Well, no, not year after year, but that's college basketball. When yeah. you've got to win six straight games at the end of the season to host, you know, to hoist the national championship and to cut down those nets, that's impossible for any team, even the blue bloods of college basketball, to meet year after year. What I think Florida State fans want to see now is consistently making it to the tournament mm-hmm. and, and almost every making, year make it to the second weekend. Yeah, I was about to say, make it at least to that second weekend or second round. Like, yeah. don't lose round one. That's me, it, I think. Let I mean, me ask Florida you, State has yeah. a tournament streak going. Guys, yeah, which is un- unheard of before. Was, they're also yeah. fishing in the top half of the ACC, and now that's going to be a little more difficult this year with the extended schedule. The ACC goes from eighteen to twenty games. They're already zero and one in the conference with that loss at yep. Pitt, and and I think what Florida stands, Florida State fans should really focus on is less on what happens in the tournament because, as we know, anything can happen. But can Florida State consistently finish above five hundred in the ACC? Can they finish in the top half of those standings? Can they get into the conversation with the Dukes, the Louisvilles, the North Carolinas, et cetera? Et cetera? Yeah, from lo- from looking at this Florida State team over the years and co- my my experience covering the Florida teams, um, I look way more at how they perform in conference in the conference schedule than at the end of the year in the yeah, tournament. Definitely, definitely. Well, guys, uh, I think we covered that pretty well. We're going to rapid fire to uh, our, our final couple of topics, which is the Astros and, and what's gone on with them along with um, the – oh, boy. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, well, we'll get into that right now if, if you guys Luke, didn't know. I didn't know we were talking about hey, this. stay back. Uh, you, now, you, you were throwing us a curveball here. Uh, <laughs> a <laughs> change maybe, up. Maybe, maybe you should have beat the uh, beat the desk a Did little bit Did you not hear when I banged the desk? Sorry, yeah, no, I got <laughs> yeah, yeah. you. So what what they're alluding to is um, uh, apparently there has been a wild or wide scandal with the Astros in the 2017 what was a Cinderella story for the Astros going from worst to first in a matter of three years. Apparently they got a little bit of help, and that help is putting a camera 
all the way in center field and zooming in on the catcher's signs. And then the feed was put into the dugout for the Astros and relayed through whether it was an off-speed pitch. They would they would bang a trash can as hard as you can. And you can hear it in the videos that they pull up where they bang a trash can. And if they didn't, it was a fastball. And that was the unfair advantage that they saw. And it's been proven because you look back into the videos. They have the World Series videos. And they're caught red-handed with, with the TV doing with their this. their setup, yeah. Is, what, what should be the penalty for this? Because it's so ridiculous to think that you know, you're playing baseball. I understand stealing signs between dugouts and, and kind of figuring that out. But using that video evidence, that's that's Belichickian right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I For the punishments, I expect them to at least get some draft picks taken away. Uh, international signing money gets taken away as well. Uh, compensation picks, of, of course. And I don't know, was maybe a suspension. I know, Brett, yeah. you were looking at that. A little slap on the wrist I mean, for A.J. Like, Hinch. They're yeah. not going to get the World Series title revoked. No, I think the nor should they. Yeah. Go, yeah, exactly. I think the harshest you can go here is suspend A.J. Hinch for a significant amount of games. I throw out the number 25. I don't know. There's got to be a precedent for this somewhere. I think like I, half a month is. 25 might be yeah. a little harsh, but you know, somewhere in that 10 to 20 range might be a little more realistic. But you know, I've, I've been hearing from... A, person I know within the Astros organization that this is something that they've implemented in their minor league teams as well. This is a cultural thing that the Astros have kind of, you know, done to themselves. What, what I think is wild is it came out that they had asked their scouts to go and video the dugouts of opposing yeah. teams. Mm-hmm. And and you see... And Trevor now, Bauer was very angry, because Trevor oh, Bauer yeah. started tweeting about that the other day, and he was very angry. He's like, Well, because Trevor Bauer, if I'm not mistaken, was accused of cheating off of the Astros yeah. in the 2018 ALDS exactly, when yes. the Indians played the Astros. It, and all, and all this stuff came out, as, of course, via Mike Fires. I believe it was an interview with The Athletic. He came out, former pitcher, he won the World Series with the Astros that year. He came out and he kind of exposed them for all of this. The, the reason why this all came about, though, was earlier in the postseason, guys, we were letting this slide, but they, they were accused and they laughed it off of whistling. Of, of whistling to give signs and the Yankees accused them and they said, oh, yeah. yeah. And it's then a, people it, yeah. started digging in, and once once the World Series was given out uh, to the Nationals and they ended up winning, people started talking, and then finally they were fed up. And once you find that video evidence, which it is very clear that the banging is going on, uh, that, that they are cheating, it begs the question, how how much is enough? Because this isn't performance-enhancing drugs. This is you know telling if you knew what pitch was being thrown every single time, you're going to be a better team. It, makes is, it, it makes is. It is a little it, bit easier to hit a ball when you know what's coming. It, Grand, I, you can argue baseball. it is performance enhancing. I mean, I it mean, kind of is, except for my curveball. No, if even if they. <laughs> <don't know how laughs> yeah, sure, bud. I think it's hanging uh, is, up. Uh, you mean, uh, isn't it? I thought you were good at spe- meatballs. Yeah, <laughs> weren't those meatballs? <laughs> well, that's why I was doing slow pitch. I, I helped us get to the playoffs there. Listen, per- from personal experience, I'm a fan of teams trying to steal signs. If a pitcher is tipping his pitches, if the dugout is first, I think. If you're getting signs stolen off you, come up with better signs or don't give out signs it, at all. Exactly. And it was yeah. when I played high school baseball, I I there's one game where I was sitting on the bench due to load management issues. And so <laughs> I DMP coaches It was just load management. We were playing so we were playing this team from Ohio that came down on a spring break trip and their coach was giving very obvious signs for what was a steal or whatever. So like Go I ahead and take them. That's their yeah, fault. And I started yelling right before I was like, "Hey, he's stealing right now. <laughs> Watch but out." This takes it to a whole new level because you're put this is money on the line people were getting sent you're putting eyes where they should not be no other no other player on the field could have looked at those signs think how much money but but you have to understand the oh my gosh (laughs) but you have to understand that these are people's jobs millions of dollars are on the line if you have a if you get shelled against the astros you can get sitting down to uh, and there were players sitting down again because of it the other argument i've heard is that oh you know a bunch of teams are doing this the astros just got caught well, let's no not. No way. Uh, but, let's but, 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 yeah, also, let's yeah, find the evidence to catch everyone. With that. Then. <laughs> but also, the Astros are public enemy number one, and it starts when they acquired Roberto Asuno. A couple, when it rains at Port, that you're and absolutely then what happened there. with the management. Brandon Tobin, mm-hmm. who made an, an obscene comment to a group of reporters Ridiculous. after they won the American League. Yuri Gurriel in the World well, Series. Was, yeah, it's a I mean, number of things that they've done that they put this on themselves, and now when they're getting caught red-handed in a situation like this, I mean, how can you have any sympathy for this? It's a fall from grace because they were, they were the darlings of the 2017 World Series. Yeah, we, when they we thought they were I up mean, and how coming. How do you not love little tiny Jose Altuve and what the Astros did in 2017? They got- it's a bad look for A.J. Hinch as well because if you go back to the series against the Yankees in that interview where he was accused of whistling in the dugout, he said, oh, well, if I knew this would work, I would have implemented something like this in spring training. Well, wow. obviously you did. <laughs> you did. You did three how, years ago. How bad of a look do you think this guy? How bad of a look do you think this is for baseball as a whole? 
No, I, I don't think it's a bad look for baseball. I think it kind of removes the Astros as, like, the kings of, like, the analytical approach to baseball. And it lets the, the, the Rays take that crown. And say, uh, oh, which, no, by the way, A's. I'm a I, I don't think there's no such thing as bad publicity. The one problem with the MLB is they can't be – they aren't talked about in the winter. And this is something for us to talk about baseball because even during the World Series, we didn't have time to talk uh, about baseball. My, and we're talking about the middle of November when yeah. we could be talking about the NFL. I don't want to be talking about baseball for this reason. Is this a ploy by the commissioner of the MLB? My, my least favorite sports trope <laughs> is when something like, like <laughs> clearly bad happens and then everyone goes, hey, but this might be good for the league. Who knows? Like, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that's the case here. I think that's, it's a really bad look. I think it's a disgrace to baseball. And I think it's something that Major League Baseball has to deal with, has to deal with quickly uh, you know, towards the Houston Astros. So that once spring training rolls back around, we can we can move on. From I'm it. just interested to see how Rob Manfred handles his one of his first real big. Scandals. We've never seen this before. Yes. this is going to yep. set a huge precedent for the league because moving forward. We for obviously stuff like saw this. how Bud Selig dealt with the whole war on drugs and baseball, but I want to see how Manfred deals with his own first scandal. Just say yeah. no. Just some final words on this. As a salty Rays fan, you go back to that game. Tyler Glass had started yeah, game five. Exactly. He was allegedly tipping his pitches. I'm like, oh come on, Tyler. Was he really tipping his pitches? Uh, Looking back at it, or was there something else afoot? <laughs> Stop making uh, excuses. You know, you go back. Yeah, don't, don't, don't make any excuses on that, and we'll I'm move what on. What do you mean? We're, we're, we're <laughs> lambasting the Astros, and you talk about all the evidence they've had, and we, we're talking about Tyler. But Glass you have no. But you have no evidence, the evidence in that game. Where's the evidence, evidence in this game? In this game, <laughs> there's no video. What, Give me what, video evidence. Brett and I will go back and watch that. Go for it. I don't want to because it's a, it's a, it's a loss. I better not hear you guys adding sound from your own trash cans that you're hitting. Yeah. All right. Well, we're uh, we're about four minutes away from uh, ending the show, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll get through the NFL. I, I just want to quickly we'll we'll touch the Colin Kaepernick situation where he did get a private workout in about three days. They they decided, all right, you're going to go and um, on Saturday hold your own workout. Twenty four teams were scheduled to show up. What ended up happening was they wanted him to sign a waiver that basically rescinded his rights from suing them ever again which is not a player injury waiver. that They kind of tried to sneak that in, along with they refused to have media and refused to let Kaepernick's team um, videotape the, the action, which gives them credence to be able to manipulate what is put out. They could mm-hmm. put on Control the narrative. And, and have shady. that. <laughs> it, it is very shady. And so he moved it. And it lo- it, everything, it was just a clown show between mm-hmm. everything that happened. And, and you go out and the videos came out, and I'm glad that we get to see the yeah. videos of what they did. For all that has happened in four days, and then you move the tryout within three hours, I think three hours of it happening. He showed off that he did have an elite arm, that he is possibly, he should probably at least be a third string quarterback in the NFL, a second string quarterback. He should get an invite to camp somewhere. He should get an invite somewhere. There's no doubt he should be a second string. But but does this does this finally solidify the the um, the aspect that for real? Colin Kaepernick had had a grievance, and the NFL has just done nothing to it. He he will never play in the NFL again, even no matter how well he showed out. That in, is in such a tough question because the more the more this goes on, and the more things that get in the way, the harder it is to say that he will get a job in the NFL, much less a starting job in the NFL. I don't think that'll I, happen again. But I don't think anyone says that he, he necessarily deserves it, but he deserves an opportunity to at least be a backup. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Well, he Jeff sh- Driscoll is starting with the Detroit Lions. We're, yeah. we're not here he put to up de- a pretty good game against <laughs> the Cowboys. <laughs> Come on now. We're not here to what debate. What Kaepernick do? <laughs> we're not here to debate whether or not Kaepernick is good enough to play in yeah. the NFL. We, we know he play in three years. I mean, what, what, what the problem has to be with the NFL here. I all, th- all four of us, as members of the media, we know how important that media transparency is, how, how much those, those workouts need to be made public, those videos need to be made public, and the way the NFL had it set up, it really was a sham. It, it was, was supposed to be on a Tuesday. That's yeah. when player tryouts yeah. are. They're yeah. on Tuesdays, yeah. and, and it turned out to be on a Saturday, and when GMs can't go and, and go to games, because or they're traveling to go to other games. They're going to colleges to yeah. scout. Yeah. They offered him a, a Saturday tryout. They said, you have two hours to let us know. He's like, whoa, that's pretty quickly. Can we do it on a Tuesday? They said, nope. Can we do it next Saturday? Later. Nope. Can I have my own media do the, or can I have my own film crew? Nope. Can media be allowed in? Nope. It was a complete sham by the NFL to say, hey, look, we gave Colin Kaepernick an opportunity. It really was not an opportunity. Yeah, they really screwed on this one, I'd say. You can't just do all of what they did and just expect, oh, hey, we're going to make it out. We're the good guys now. <laughs> yeah, and I'm really disappointed in them saying, oh, well, Kaepernick isn't doing himself any favors by demanding this sort of stuff. The NFL has manipulated yeah. every which way possible. and it's Did, just, he, did Kaepernick handle the best player. he could have? Any other player Did, did he handle happen. the best he could have? Probably not, but you can't blame him in, in this he situation. Didn't. And 
and I do I don't want to I, I do want to get this out of the way real quick before we go is the NFL did handle a good situation which happened this past Monday so a week ago when Miles Garrett or was it Thursday Oof. no it was Thursday, Thursday night it was, yeah. Thursday, it was Thursday, Thursday night, night football when football when when Miles Garrett ripped off the helmet of Mason Rudolph the quarterback for the Steelers and bashed him on the head they made a quick decision they decided to spend him indefinitely he's out for the rest of the year and playoffs that's something where you can at least go and say the NFL did something right but just quickly, guys, when do you see Miles Garrett ever playing in the NFL again? Next when season. do you see it? Yeah, but next what, at what time? Season, yeah. The first game of the year? Yes. Is he still first game. First yeah. week one. Yeah, week one. He'll be He'll there. probably have four sacks. He's really good. Yeah, he's a very good player. Do you it, think he deserved that, the punishment? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Indefinite, yeah. yeah, indefinite suspension rest of the year. That's perfectly fine. I expected that. I've had people say, oh, he deserves next year as well. It's like, no. It's for, one year. But for anyone who's it's saying, oh, this is unprecedented. We've never seen anything like that. Yes, we have. He's not going to go to jail. Yes, we I don't have. think he'll go to jail. And yeah. No, God, no. But uh, last last thing for our NFL talk, give me your MVP. Right now it's looking like Lamar Jackson. Are you guys Are you guys no. up front with that? Russell Wilson. Lamar Jackson, baby. I have Lamar Jackson. Lamar. Russell is on a worse team, and he's put up better numbers than Lamar Jackson. But Lamar, yeah, but Lamar is going against better. the haters, bro. Yeah, he's that screen, <laughs> Lamar, that beat oh my God. Lamar beat the Oh, I know, but the Seahawks beat the Niners. Dang it. <laughs> there goes that argument. Well, we'll, we'll, both, we'll, are, both are worthy candidates. Yeah, I'll leave it good. at that. I'm fine with both of you guys. We, we got through a lot today. We'll see what happens. Uh, great. Florida State's going to win on bye, which is good. They're, they face bye week this year. Going 1-0 this, this week. week. Yeah, going 1-0. We'll come back next week, uh, talk a lot about Florida and Florida State, the big rivalry. Headed, we'll see. Maybe Florida State has a new coach by Monday. Mm-hmm. It'll uh, it'll be very fun to see for Luke Hayes and Brett Rutherford, Luke Fay, Gary Putnick, Gianna over on Twitter, Austin Reynolds as well on Twitter, and our producer Sebastian Antoriano. This was Tomahawk Talk on WVFS Tallahassee, the voice of Florida State. Up next is new release.